1: This week, we're going to talk about cannabis and the world of television, or in terms of CCTV, and we're talking about Danny Keith, who is the CEO of Cannabis Club TV. He has built, operated, and sold numerous businesses, and he's raised over, get this, $20 million in nonprofit and corporate fundraising. This is a guy you want to be rubbing shoulders with. He's worked in social media, internet development, nonprofits, surf and action sports and professional sports by way of the developmental league, uh, the member of the Golden State Warriors NBA franchise, their mental league affiliate, the Santa Cruz Warriors, before founding Cannabis Club TV. We're going to learn more all about that and a lot of other things uh, while we have the time here with Danny. Danny, thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business.
2: Thank you for having me. It's a great day.
1: Oh, absolutely. The personal story about you. Give me a minute here to kind of go through. Because I mean, there would be, I could go on ad nauseum about what you've done because you, there's a lot there. But I'm going to try to kind of just abbreviate a, you know, kind of bring this uh, down a little bit. Now, you chose to enter the cannabis industry. First of all, there's a obviously emotional connection. Some people, there's quite a few people that are always inspired because of something that affects in their family. For yourself, in 2016, your wife was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Your father. Was uh, dealing with a losing battle with opiates, and one of your business partners who happens to be someone who's hosted a show on our network, Cannabis Cannabis Radio. Tommy Chong, he uh, was a featured speaker at one of our USCC expos last year in uh, Phoenix, or earlier this year in Phoenix, diagnosed with rectal cancer. We've heard the story about it. This all brought the call to create Cannabis Club TV and change the narrative and stigma about cannabis consumption. Talk to me about the steps, Danny, about what took you to make this idea into a reality.
2: Well, you know, we all, have, I tend to look at life as, you know, if you're not doing something you love and you're passionate about, you know, you need to change that. So that's kind of why my my career is zigzagged um, all over. I tend to end up where I kind of have the most passion and, you know, that, that entourage moment I had in 2016 where you know, Tommy, you know, it kind of kicked off in secession. Tommy was diagnosed with rectal cancer, yeah. maybe a month before it was March, 2016. I, it's, I don't think I'll ever forget. And then my wife subsequently went for an eye exam and they found out she had this humongous tumor and, and it had to be oh. removed like immediately. And then at the same time, my father kind of lost his battle with opiates. And at that particular moment, you know, knowing what Tommy had done and how he had, and Tommy had known, you know, that cannabis was a huge healing agent the first time he around, he had prostate cancer. And then when my wife kind of, you know, watching my father battle and then, you know, dealing with the stigma of cannabis, he was a veteran. So he was like, Oh, I can't use it. If I do, I lose my benefits. And you know, that's a whole nother topic we need to kind of cover. But yeah, you know, my wife went through the surgery. We were able to kind of mitigate pain and, and recovery with Indica and CBDs and very little, I mean like very little opiates at all. And in discussing that with people, Um, I started to realize that like that the stigma was just overarchingly still there about cannabis and its healing properties and everybody just assuming that it's been used for, you know, purely recreational purposes. And, you know, being at the Golden State Warriors, I was actually selling digital concourse at that particular moment and saw the impact that it had on people being able to tell a story. And, you know, I'm sure you've interviewed a ton of people and, they, most people I'd say that are in this space early have a reason why they're there. There's a personal reason that drove them to, to participate and to come out of the cannabis closet. And I just felt that those stories needed to be told and they should be told to the people that are in the dispensary who are new users mm-hmm. um, that need to know more about other people's stories so they can align and understand how to treat themselves. And that was kind of the brainchild that I had while going through all of that um, in a short two week period and then I, you know, I kind of figured out how to put the two and two together, and I've got some really good partners that have worked with me on development to get to where we're at now, which is a fully functional over-the-top, you know, multi-channel network into dispensaries that gives consumers education, entertainment, um, but moreover exposes them to brands and or you know potential. Remedies to some of their issues as this industry continues to emerge. And I want to and go ahead. And, I want brand. to go and
1: step into that uh, a little bit later on. Uh, we're going to go in the next breakout, and we'll specifically talk about the platform. I definitely want to get to that there, but I want to still get into sure. the story here, and and just to follow up what you said about your uh, about your wife and your father. You know. You know, it really is the passion. When you're talking about somebody with a real entrepreneurial spirit, that shows success, and it really does look like it's a going trend. When you have that passion behind you, when your heart's behind it, not only because of the emotional aspect, but also because, you know, it's to look really to seek that success and not be complacent and looking for it. Is something so to be said about where you can find your way and navigate your way to whatever you do? It's gold every time you touch. It's a Midas touch. Now you started in the action sports industry and you first acquired santa cruz surf shop and that had five retail locations then you started getting some websites and some domain names which if you're still holding on to those those are some worthy ones right there skateboards.com surfboards.com bodyboards and snowboards.com there's got to be some money there you must have been doing well on that end but now what is it that made you decide of taking now we know we're going to go into cannabis but what is it about television to cannabis that sounded like the right idea
2: television component of cannabis was really taking you know so being an entrepreneur having you know been my own boss for the better part of 20 plus years you know you you don't you either fail pivot or succeed i mean there really isn't any other goal and so with respect to the cannabis space i found that i could have gone i mean i I do business with tommy on the side i help him with his brand and You know, I could have gone into the cannabis component, the actual plant side, but I felt that we needed to develop a tool that allowed these people to tell their stories. And people, you know, we live in a digitally driven society these days, and so being able to combine what I learned and watched happening inside the arena, and then taking, uh, you know, an emerging market that is a highly undereducated consumer still at this point, and putting those two together created an opportunity like the missing link I feel <clears throat> for brands for dispensaries and, and for the consumers to be able to to touch the, the whole process and understand brand, like understand how brands are used and understand you know how it might apply to them. And so the television component, it's a storytelling vehicle and there's a million stories in cannabis that need to be told.
1: You know, and I, <clears throat> I really wanted to have the time to look at, listen to some of the other podcasts because I know you've been featured on a number of other shows, and I wish I had the time to go ahead and read through what you would have said in some of those other shows, but I'm sure this is something that might have been called back to you before, that you've described yourself as a, quote, self-motivated stoner, one of the rare guys who could straddle the street and the boardroom at the same time, end quote. Do you ever worry about stigma being placed on you, and how do you work with all the different Business types and characters that you must deal with day to day.
2: You know, that's a great question. You know, no, I don't, because I feel that you know your the perception that you want people to have of you is based on your performance, and so I hit that head on when I was twenty one years old and and I bought a surf shop. Uh You know, while my friends were going to law school and doctors and, you know, whatever they were, their professions were going to be, you know, here I was slugging it out in the surf industry, which is highly connotated with cannabis as well. And so we kind of always had that interweaving of, I've always kind of been on the fringe of right. what society deems acceptable. Surfing in the 90s was just as bad as being, a you know, a <laughs> cannabis consumer in the 2000s, you know? So yeah. it, it was one of those things that I got beat up on early and had to learn how to either you know, you only care about what people are saying about you if you feel like it impacts and should change your direction. Otherwise, it's just noise. And usually, most of the time, it's people. You know, I always tell people your haters or the people that throw shade are the ones that care the most because they're going to try to point out the areas that you might be failing. And so, I've always kind of been one of those people. I mean, just this last um, election cycle in Santa Cruz, I ran a candidate. You know, I worked with a candidate to to run for city council. So, I firmly believe the stigma around cannabis use and, and that statement around being able to straddle a board room as well as the street, I think is a very viable and important component. It's the same thing I did in surfing. And it was why I was able to grow a little surf shop into, a you know, kind of a Northern California powerhouse of business was because I didn't necessarily care what people were saying or thinking about me, but moreover, how did they judge me and perceive me? Because people can say whatever they want. But if you're a good businessman, you do healthy business, you follow through, you under promise and you over deliver, no matter what you do, he can't hold that against you. And so that's kind of how I, I exist, I guess. Um, I'm kind of blind to that stuff and I just don't let it impact me on the daily.
1: Danny, I t- I'm going to say I totally agree with you. And my question for that was because there are people that are going to question that. And, you know, there's people that feel like, well, you know, there's uh, there's some kind of merits and there's some kind of a, you know, integrity, reputation, professionally, they should kind of hold yourself up, you know, real, you know, get your tie straightened kind of thing. But I don't believe in that either. I mean, obviously... You know, some of the stuff I've gotten to do work was within the tech industry and other areas where it's more in what your results are yeah. and what you've accomplished. So it doesn't matter if you, you know, if you kind of, you know, have your your own thoughts and beliefs that you're able to go ahead and be thinking and confident. And that, that kind of thought process is exactly why you're able to get ahead, because you're not trying to go along with the rest of the group. You're going ahead on your own path. And if people want to be on that path with you, they know you're successful. They should be on that that path with you.
2: Well, I think you know. For me, on the to dovetail that comment, and I yeah. appreciate that. Sure. I think you know. There's a lot of people that aren't <clears throat> necessarily out of the cannabis closet either. And I think yeah. you know, if you're going to mo- if you're going to monetize the plant, if you're going to be a part of that business, then you've got to be willing to you know f- at least change your LinkedIn account, you know, right. and don't be afraid of st- establishing yourself. You know, I, I chain I've worked for. I did four years at the second harvest food bank as their chief development officer and technology officer. And, you know, and then I worked for the warriors and then I did cannabis and you look at that resume till and you're like, how do any of those people are like, well, you'll never work in nonprofit again. I'm like, well, you'll, we'll see, I guess like (laughs) right now I'm doing this. So maybe if I want to go back in a nonprofit, they'll have to deal with that when I get there. And so I think that's kind of goes hand in glove with the stigma reduction or at least the abolishment of that stigma of saying like, look, I've, I've, I've consumed cannabis since I was a teenager. I'd say my track record is pretty good. I'll go one further. The Golden State Warriors have people, you know, the NBA doesn't necessarily test for cannabis. When we won the double ring, I can, I can, I'll bet my paycheck. I could tell you better than half of the organization was consuming cannabis. So what does that mean? Does that mean that they're all bad stoner people that like hide in bushes and, and do weird stuff? No, it means that there's responsible people that can do business that can actually execute while still enjoying. I mean, no one says that about whiskey, no one says that about no. wine, no one says that about beer. You can get trash at an event, and that's okay, but if you, God forbid, you brought out a joint. So that's the stigma we've gotta change. I would much rather be at an event where I'm smoking and not drinking, or consuming and not drinking, than being at an event that's just a drinking-only event.
1: You are. I am leading the choir, and you are preaching to it, my friend. That's all there is to it. <laughs> and and on it, you're absolutely right, and the thing is, for me it's always about when it comes to it's for me it's always about that I would never want to go ahead and be worried about what I've done or what I've accomplished in my life and have the need to apologize or to you know be culpable for it or I feel like I need to be accountable for it I wouldn't do that that's and I, I or make totally excuses you exactly. know I, I, that's
2: that's what I want people to be okay with I want yes I want soccer moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas to be okay with saying just as easy as they're okay with saying they take you know their heart their blood pressure medicine or right. you know whatever that they're also consuming cannabis or they're using cbd my mom another person who has problems with pills because that's the 70s and the 80s yeah you know she's got extreme pain and i'm like look i can get you a, a thc based cbd you know that would work great for you and no i can't i can't risk you know it's like so we've got to do better and we are but we've just got to continue doing better at saying it's okay, you know, and, and making sure people are respectful of that.
1: Totally agree. We're, we're up against the break. I'm a little bit late for it, so we got to go get into it right now. Again, I am with Danny sure. Keith, the CEO of Cannabis Club TV. We'll talk more with him about the platform after this brief message
0: here on Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
3: Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now But a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap channel. You know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient.
1: That's P-O-U-C-H-Z
0: dot com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're here with Danny Keith, the CEO of CCTV, Cannabis
1: Club TV. And now we're going to go and talk about your advertising platform, Danny. So it's a platform that enables brands to effectively stand out amongst others at point of sale. Help me wrap around what your platform does.
2: So, you know what, we've all been into the dispensary um, experience, no matter what state we've been in, and there's genuinely some period of wait time. Um, Even if that wait time is short, there's still an opportunity to communicate with the consumer. So, what we've really done is try to focus on, you know, the pillars, right, the dispensary owner, the customer, the content provider, and the advertiser. And what we want is for each one of those pillars to have a relationship and a value around what we're providing. So specifically to the dispensary owner, it provides a wait time reduction, it provides brand education, it provides subconscious lift to the person to potentially guide them in a direction on a brand or a product or a category that they may or may not have considered. With the consumer, it gives them wait time reduction, it gives them the opportunity to see other brands, and as these brands are continuing to emerge, it gives them an opportunity to attach themselves or associate based on kind of the same practices that television does, which is creating a relationship with them through the content. Content providers get an opportunity to get much more exposure. Right now we're in 150 locations in 14 states. Nice. Um, we're pushing nine million people a month in audience. So the people that are creating this cannabis content, which is a uh, not very many places that can live. I mean, YouTube did a big scrape recently and not a lot of other platforms allow these cannabis content providers to monetize. And that's something you know, that we get to do. And then for the brands, the brands specifically get to tell their story and create their relationship with the customer. We have some other products that while they're doing their patient appreciation days, they can utilize this, the TVs and, you know, promote their product at that particular moment, a lot more saturated than a normal period. So what we have really tried to do is take the, the walls that are existing inside the dispensary, and a lot of mm-hmm. them aren't focused on the dispensary customer that's coming in. They're just kind of there. So we are turning that around and giving that and and utilizing that as a way, just like we do when you walk into the arena, like you walk into a basketball arena or football, baseball, whatever, you become immersed in what you're there for. And that's, that's what we see needing to take place, you know, inside the dispensary. Um, We broadcast about 40,000 hours a month, a little over 2 million videos. And uh, we have about 51 different channels. So we have content for anybody and everyone. And uh, the best thing is it's free to the dispensary. Yeah. So the dispensary gets an add-on tool, and they don't have to actually pay for it.
1: I want to get a little bit into about advertising with you and just the on how you're able to bring people to engage in the CCTV and the platform itself. Now, in the uh, media kit or the uh, – the marketing kit that I got to fumble through a little bit. You mentioned three pillars, brand identity, production, and flexibility. Take me into the sales pitch. Let me hear that sales pitch Mm -hmm. a little bit. Can this be what you say to those who are interested in advertising with CCTV?
2: Yeah, you know, and so we, first of all, we have a great team. We have a great uh, director of sales that really understands kind of the mentality that we brought to this company, which is one, again, going back to the MBA, which is just business acumen. So when we approach an advertiser, um, or a brand partner as we like to call them, mm-hmm. um, we, we really focus on how we can help them. Like, what are you looking to do? Uh, regardless of the price, like what is it that you want to accomplish in these dispensaries? How do you want to grow your brand? And this is by state, right? We're in 14 different states, so oh. every state has its subset of brands. Some of our brands carry over into other states, and some of our brands are what we call ancillary, they don't touch the plant, and can be sold on a, na- on a national level. And so before we even start talking price, we start trying to find out how we can help them. And we can help them either on social, newsletter, direct connections, you know, however they wanna put together something, we can usually mold a package for them that's fairly inexpensive and gives them a lot of exposure. TV and radio per se are really built on exposure, right? Not necessarily conversion, but just brand reinforcement. And so we start there, and then once we get to a point where we understand how many patient appreciation days the brand wants, how many advertisements and which dispensaries they want, then we'll package that and sell that to them. And then the real kicker for us, and to make it easy for everyone, is we run it kind of on a subscription base. So when you join up with us, we don't have any commitment. You pay one month, 10 months, 12 months, whatever. You control your billing and we provide you with statistics at the end of the month that show what you have paid for, and anytime you want to turn it off, you just turn it off. So we don't have to reapproach our our, our brand partners every month, we don't have to create an AR situation. Like we stay fairly AR light, and we stay pretty subscription heavy, and we have about a, we have a pretty good retention. I'm gonna say we have an over, over 12 month retention on brand, wow. because we're constantly delivering for them. Um, and they, again it's a combination of social media newsletter mentions mm-hmm. and and then the actual tell you know CCTVs that we're broadcasting their content on
1: we've seen lots of display advertising I mean, you can go to any retailer now any anything fast food any restaurants things like that a lot of places that are there you're seeing that display ad and obviously the animation much like you see in, at a, arenas and other venues now I've interviewed some that are doing some similar things in the cannabis space talking about what they had to do in terms of production and uh what they put on their screens but now I want to ask what you are putting on the screen uh what kind of content specifically has done better or not that has made customers engage more with what you're showing
2: sure so i think <clears throat> the the biggest like i think our like unfair advantage if you will mm-hmm. is we have built a network that we can hyper localize by device so if we want to take over one particular cctv we can do that without impacting the rest um, of the network. What that really means is that gives a lot of flexibility for the dispensary and the brands that we're putting into that dispensary. Um, that's really where we kind of feel like our secret sauce is. And then when it comes down to actual doing production, you know, we, we'll we'll do just like a local television um, broadcast will, and we'll actually build the ads for the people if they don't have the ads. That, that helps with our retention, right? We make a little bit of, of an investment into our, our brand partner. They'll make a bigger investment into us um, as an advertiser. When it comes to the actual shows, <clears throat> it varies by dispensary. Some people like more pop culture, entertainment, comedy-based stuff. Some people like the Grow channels that we have. I think overarchingly, almost every dispensary will agree that education-based um, content is probably their, their most valuable, like what is CBD, um, explaining different terminology. Civilized does a really good job of that. Civilized is a content manufacturer that we pon- we've partnered with now since the beginning. And they'll do little snackable vignettes on you know, how to dose yourself, or you know, what different terms mean within the industry. And they do it with caption overlay on the screen. So that kind of stuff is probably the most viewed and the most engaging. And then, of course, anytime you can gamify or text this to this to win kind of thing, you you definitely get a higher return.
1: Yeah. Uh, I want to do this. I want to add on top of what you just said there. I'm going to read real quick from an April 2018 Weed Guide article that you were interviewed for. They said in the article, uh, quote, similar to Netflix, but for the cannabis world, CCTV offers... 200 channels a lot of variety across categories so every dispensary can be its own mini brand and feature like you said hyper local ads that fit the vibe of the store customizing the experience to focus more on on education or infotainment celebrity news lifestyle and more talk to me Danny, about how you program your ads to grab that brief moment of attention because it can only be a couple seconds if you get their attention that you're able to grab out of a customer standing in line or wandering around
2: so, you know, it's it's funny, I, <clears throat> I wish I could give you some really complicated response, but yeah. we've really, you know, been programmed as a society for the last 50, 60 years that if there's a television screen, <laughs> we look at it and we just stare at it no matter what's on it, you know, and yeah. we've watched that happen inside our dispensaries. That being said, you know, we guide the the brand partners to really... You know, when we can get in with them, and again, you know, customers, they're they're all over the board, but if we can really get them to understand call to action and engagement um, and really not focus on talking about themselves, but talking about how that, you know, or, or telling the story about how their brand can impact or help a customer, that's the ones that we have the most engagement on and the best programming. When it comes to the content stuff, I think primarily, you know, we, you know, we have a board of people within our different dispensaries that will let us know what they feel is, favorable or unfavorable content. But for the most part, it's really determined on because the dispensaries can change the channel. So it's really driven on them and on what channel they want to watch. And I mean, I could go pull the stats, but you know, we have a channel called magical butter. Um, these guys make a machine that makes butter. but They put out such amazing content. And I, and I think that's really, you know, the line gets blurred sometimes between content and then advertorial style content because, people are starting to do such a good job of telling their story that their advertorial content could come off as what normal TV would say was content and not an advertisement. So I think the programming is coming through the, the brand partners that we have and the content manufacturers that we have and this kind of like organic symmetry between the two and how consumers are, are perceiving them or receiving them into the, their, their conscious. And, and you know, and then I double back with my board of people in the dispensaries, one of them being One Love Beach Club in Long Beach. I can ask them like, hey we were running this promotion this week, how did it impact your sales? And I can get a direct connection between content and sales. There's no hard line of direct connection but we can see the influence. And that's the same thing that we did when we were working in the arena. You know, if we were running a, a promotion on you know, Bud Light or, or, a, or an inventory item, you know we would see the inventory ch- like uptick in sales and hmm. so w- we know that if we just provide reasonably decent content to a a, a wide open subconsciously driven audience they're going to consume it and be stoked with it and have a connection to it
1: fantastic since <clears throat> you mentioned magical butter i'm going uh, because what i was saying i'll go ahead and make a quick say hello and shout out to garen angel the ceo of magical butter because uh, we've had him on the network a couple times and uh you know, one good people. So good that you're in here. That story. <laughs> Let's go ahead and continue this more, Danny. On the other side of this break, we're again with Danny Keith, the CEO of Cannabis Club TV. We're going to talk more about him. Final questions
0: with him after this brief message. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more blunt business.
3: The 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo returns back to downtown Miami August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency. Learn more on sponsorship and expo floor opportunities at usccexpo.com. Don't miss out on another jam packed weekend of education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, a bustling expo hall, plus our can't miss networking mega yacht event. Join us in Miami August 2nd and 3rd for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Don't miss the boat. Log on to usccexpo.com and learn more today.
0: approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient
3: product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Learn more at usccexpo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us
0: because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
1: And we're back with final questions with Danny Keith, the CEO of CCTV, Cannabis Club TV. This is a question that I want to ask you now that's very close to me because, you know, I see what the salespeople do and I see. You know, there's the potential of those that want to advertise with, you know, when it comes to the radio stuff that we do and the other things that we do, like I want to be one of those people that can easily persuade and bring somebody in. But this is a question that comes to me a lot that I I want to ask myself. Talk to me about the struggle that most advertisers have to experiment or break out and evolve their brand instead of trying something they think that is tried and true like everybody else does. We see the same thing in every ad that's out there or it's just a little variation to it. But when we really want to have somebody that we are able to get them to come spend and we want them to do something different so that they will get something better out of what they get, maybe a better return on their investment and they'll want to continue to work with us. What is it that you guys can do? What is it you can tell us?
2: You know, (laughs) I guess, and I, I keep going back to my MBA experience because we do Mm -hmm. such big deals that you'd have to be a little bit honest. I think salespeople, you know, I, I, we, again, director of sales runs our program when I'm selling, I'm under him. But the ethos by which we run it is not every single person we reach out to, to be a brand partner is going to be a a brand partner. They may, they, they just may not be a brand partner. Mm. So number one, and I did this in the MBA, you know, I, I have, you know, one of my things that I've done in the past is, you know, I I started a child, a children's charity around eating and just nutrition and all that. Mm, And so when I was selling sponsorships, I really was trying not to hit QSRs that I felt were like negative influence on children while they were in the arena. And same thing, like we're not going to work with people that are shady or not doing good business practices or have had a bad record. Number one, number two, you know, I think when it comes to some of these brands to answer your question about how they drive their appearance, um, we're honest with them you know, Hey, I don't think this is the right time for you or, or this is what you're going to have. Is this what you're trying to accomplish? And some people can pull it off in a Frankenstein manner and then evolve. And then some people, they, you just have to make an investment in your brand. I mean, if you're not, it's 2018. If you're not creating content, I don't care what it is, what industry it is. If you're not creating content for your brand, then you're not telling your story. And I think that that's, you know, that's how I was able to raise money at the food bank, just told their story. And so that's what really led me to wanting to tell stories. And I think if these brands, and a lot of them are doing a great job. I mean, I could throw out a number mm-hmm. of other brands, but sure. there's some people that are making that investment into their content. And so we try not to put square pegs in round holes. If we run up against somebody that doesn't have the content and we can't easily create it for them, we just have to take a pass and let them know that when you're ready, we're here for you um, and we can help you. And I, and more than often than not, they do come back around when they go back and think about what is it that they want to put out there as their image,
1: and well, what I'm talking about also as well is the branding for themselves. Like if we're trying to help them craft their branding, because we might have as as the the company working for them, we might have a better idea for them, and if we try to pitch it to them, but they say no, we're still going to go with what's worked.
2: You know, you can never, you can only, you know, one of the best things we have as a value is because we deal with over a hundred different brands. We right. have kind of a kaleidoscope view of what's working and what's not working okay. in different areas. And you know, it's, it's, it's always hard to give people advice on the paint color of their house, right? There, yeah. there are people who are always very emphatic about what they know what they're doing. I think the way we try to accomplish that on the branding side of things is, you know, just gently tell, we, I mean, we're just honest with people. Look, you're right. running the same kind of out as these other people. You, you want to differentiate yourself or do you want to just follow the norm? And if you do, just don't expect us to, che- to, to move mountains for you, you know, because we're giving you our advice on yeah. what we think would be the best particular, you know, story to tell. Um, again, most of the people that we're dealing with anyways, then because maybe it's the medium of television there, they are more receptive to what we tell them and how we can sculpt them. So we're a little bit, we're a little bit uh, spoiled in that sense that we don't get a lot of pushback because we've got this kaleidoscope and we can pull off other ideas that work and didn't work. Um, but then there's always the people that still wanna kinda just push ahead with their vision, which I encourage as well. I mean, sometimes it takes some path to before you start seeing people's vision. So we are we work to be supportive. One thing we will never do is take money from an advertiser just to run our advertisement yeah. and then not service them in any other fashion. So. We really do want to we care about our brand partners we care about the endorsement that we provide to them through our network and we want to make sure that they're happy and that the, you know they're being well received
1: I totally understand and, you know and that very good perspective there I appreciate you kind of giving me the high idea because something I want to learn for myself if it's you know what when I do get the network with people out there and if I feel there's like you said if there's a good fit and we feel like we can definitely work with each other on something and you know it's to benefit both obviously so Finally, I want to go to wrap things up here with you, Danny. You've really been a great guest. I really do appreciate you taking time to answer our questions today. How can people learn more about getting involved with Cannabis Club TV? Please let people know what they need to do.
2: <clears throat> well, first of all, I want to thank you for having you know having me on and, and allowing me to tell my story. It, it's, it reinforces why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, people can always go to CannabisClub.TV to check it out. And, and I'll be honest with you, we're still growing. I mean, we're growing really fast we need a website fix. We need all kinds of things. So that's another thing being an entrepreneur. You're never, once you have everything figured out, it's done, it's over. It's time to sell it or you're at your glass ceiling. So right. check out my website. Be nice to me when you check it out. I know it needs work. <laughs> uh, cannabis club. TV. You can follow us on, on Instagram at cannabis club TV. And we're also on Facebook. And then I'm at a number of shows that we try to be public about. So Anywhere in those 14 states that we operate, we try to get into those states at one level or another. And obviously in California, I hit as many as I can here too. So never, never hesitate to reach out. I don't expect anybody that contacts me to, and wants you know, a phone call or whatever to have to advertise. I'm just here to help the industry and tell stories and, and maybe you know, change a couple of people's lives and maybe make people come out of the cannabis closet
1: absolutely and I, and you know it's a there's a great plethora of great programming that you see on there that you can look and you actually watch the 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 channels for yourself if you're interested you can go and you know take your time and go and just filter through and look what's all the goodness that is cannabisclub.tv TV. that's the website danny keith the ceo of cannabis club tv thanks again for making time with us here on blunt business absolutely happy holidays hey, happy holidays to you but now, I must say this because, you know, talking about sales pitch, I'm going to do a little <clears throat> sales pitch of my own on behalf of our sponsor. If you are looking to get your foot in the door of the cannabis industry as well as entrepreneurs that want to be like Danny here looking to start their own marijuana business, by all means, check out Strainwise Consulting by going to www.strainwiseconsulting.com. Make sure to check them out today. Talk to one of the representatives. And make sure, by all means, you tell them that you heard about the show Blunt Business, and that's the reason you decide to give them a look. Thank you all for joining us here for Blunt Business. You can download past episodes like this one by going to cannabisradio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening.